This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Java Chapman, filling in for Jason Klein this morning with a few of my nearest and dearest, Pam Pivas, Ashley Certified Inspector and Inspector Aww. Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. He's out this week, and if you know anything about this show, when we say Jeff Sammons is out this week, he's actually out on the boat. He's on the boat. <laughs> he is out on the boat. But we have one of our good friends, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies here with us. And um, I'm surprised, Pam, that he's able to make an appearance. I was going to say, you probably busy. Yeah, girl, we are busy. Got some, something going on. Hey, well, listen, let me, and Timmy, you're going to love this. Let me mention an AC thing to you. Love it. Okay? It's not you. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-oh. Uh-huh, it's not you. Uh, so, folks, if you live in Mississippi and your air conditioning register, and that's the thing that blows the air, okay, if your register is in the floor, if you go over and open up your crawl space access, you know, to crawl under your house, and it's cold, you've got a problem. You air conditioning the, the crawl space. <laughs> well, what you're doing in our high humidity is you are creating a rainstorm under your house. Very much so. Mm-hmm. I was under one this past week, and I, I came out soaking wet. <laughs> Rubbing your back on an insulation and getting your back soaking wet. I'm telling you, I was I was nice and wet whenever I came out. I took a change of clothes because I knew what was going on whenever right. I got the call and went over there. So, um, yeah, if that's happening, not only are you air conditioning your crawl space, but you are causing some problems with the wood that's down there. Because it's wet, and wet wood rots. And in this particular situation, I got the phone call when the floor fell in. Oh wow! So yeah, if if you are if you live in the South and your registers are in the floor, I want you to go outside and open up your crawl space access. And if it's wet down there, you need to call somebody to check that out because it will create. Problems that will be enormous headache to you in the future. I see mold, mildew, all kind of stuff like that on on the floor rejoices. Oh up yeah, under. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it gets mushy. So once you start the microbial growth, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the microbial growth. Once you start microbial growth, it eats the wood up. So in this particular situation, I I would love to tell you it's rare. But the floor joists had literally split at the center girder, and the girder is the—it's not—it's not what keeps the fat in. It's not a girdle; it's a girder, <laughs> and your girder goes down the middle of the house, and then you hang your joist on that. So the wood—it's like the spinal cord. There you go. That's the, a nice way to the, say the it. The girder is the spinal cord, and your joists come in and sit. Those are the ribs that are sitting on the spinal cord. 
Well, if that girder starts to rot, now you got an enormous problem. Nothing to hold the ribs. There's nothing to hold the ribs in place. <laughs> <laughs> Even I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. So check that out on your and and I tell you, Timmy, what happened in this? What happened was in this particular situation, and I see it all the time. And you, but you and I have had this conversation a thousand times. Is if you come in to an older home, and I'm gonna call an older home anything over twenty years. And you add a new air conditioning system that is more efficient and cools better, and you do not address the duct work, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have problems. I'll tell you, during in 2025, you know, when this new new system with the new Freon, all that comes out, they're going to a different static pressure. So that is all about the duct work. So mm-hmm. you're, they're going to try to achieve a different static, which, I mean, you can overcome it with better, you know, return, more return, you know, make the return side of the static a little bit lower, you know, so you're, you know, it, you're trying to get that total static, like a, like 0. 0.5 they're going with or something like that. But um, that's going to be a big deal then, you know, especially, you know, like still a problem now, but it's going to be even bigger deal. A then. bigger deal when that, because you're putting in, it's like putting in, uh, a baby's heart into my body. Right. Right. <laughs> but it still works, Pam. It works. <laughs> that is funny. It now, works. I'm just talking faster. <laughs> now, guys, with this recent round of storms, um, we were talking a little bit before we got on the air. I, myself, and my personal home is still without power. Um, this is not, Man, to, you know. you're hot. To bash. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm fortunately able to. Um, Stay somewhere. Yeah, crash at my parents' house, me and my family. So it's okay. But I was going to ask Timmy this morning, um, with the house being off since Friday, it's warm, it's mid-June, that AC is going to be like, hey, we need to get it to this to the right temperature. Yeah. Is there any problems that happen with many? And I don't know. It's many people too who've been in the dark for some days um, with their air condition just coming on after being off for so long. The house is so hot; it's trying to, I, I say, work hard to get that uh, you know that standard temperature in the home. Yeah, it's definitely uh, you know. So after the storm, you know. We we found a lot of Freon, you know, problems, you know, that wasn't storm specific. Yeah. But whenever you're, you know, you're riding the line of freezing up is what I like to call it anyway. Um, and your home is still kind of, you know, keeping halfway cool, you know, Just, 75 yeah. during the day, something like that. And all of a sudden the storm hits, power goes out, you know, thing don't run for two days. And now it's got to start back over on trying to cool the house back down. And it's so hot in there, it won't do it. It'll freeze that puppy up, you know, in no time. Wow. So, um, what, what I would like to say right now to everybody that's listening is if your power goes out, turn all your major stuff off. You know, like air condition, you know, um, stove, stuff like that. Because that power starts surging. You know, man, it'll, like I was telling y'all earlier, it'll make them run backwards. Uh-huh. Like it'll make a horrible noise, which you're, you know, dealing with right now. Um, things like that. I mean, if you turn it off when the power's out, you know, and you know it's going to be a couple of days or a day or something like that, I mean, you're not missing anything anyway. You know, when you get back home, turn it on, and boom, everything's fine. And when you say turn off, and we're going to go to the breaker box. You can. And, and yep. pop those off there. Yep, you can do that, or just go to the control on the wall. And, and just turn it off. And turn the thermostat and turn it right, off. That kind of ease it back 
on. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever that thing comes back on, you know, and they're over there like clashing wires together, you know, trying to get everything. I mean, you're constantly just turning that thing on and off, on and off, on and off. And that'll kill a compressor. It'll kill a capacitor. It'll make them run backwards. It's the weirdest thing, you know, but it's something about a scroll compressor, the new compressors we got now. It makes them run backwards. And it don't even make sense to me because I mean, it's just little scrolls, and I know I'm using my hands, and y'all can't see what I'm talking about, but <laughs> it's like they just sit there and pinch free on, but when it runs backwards, for some reason it don't work. How you interesting. I would not heard that before. Weirdest thing ever. Yeah, I, That kind of happens. You know, I turn myself off, and then whenever I turn myself back on, I'm walking backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, pal. Uh, <laughs> but if you're still without power right now, turn that puppy off. Yeah. You know, um, okay. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not, you know, uh, disparaging the energy workers or, you know, the power workers, because I actually drove past the um, the Mississippi State Fairgrounds this morning. I saw all the trucks out there in the parking lot. So, you know, they're working and they're moving and doing what they can do. But um, I know my home has been off since last Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's miserable. Well, there are so many trees down. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. We've got to talk about that a little bit um, throughout the show because those uprooted trees and um, that's what really, you know, took everybody out. Uh, yeah. Trees over the power lines. We have enormous snap. trees in my neighborhood and I haven't been able to walk my dogs because I I blew, I hurt my knee. Well, yeah, I, I saw somebody in the grocery store the other day and his son lives out in Colorado. And so I was like, well, are you a skier? And he goes, well, not, not that much. And I said, well... You know, I blew my right knee out snow skiing. I blew my left knee out walking across the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that to say, I mean, it was 30 years between the two, but I can't, I'm not walking my dogs right now trying to nurse this knee, but I got in my little, I got a little Polaris. So I started driving around the neighborhood the other day because my, my buddy across the street the he lost a limb and the limb went down on top of the Comcast line. It didn't take an electrical line down, but you know you take people's internet out and they get little, yeah. yeah they're not happy. So, but that huge enormous limb came down and landed on his water meter. Oh wow! I mean, oh, man, it couldn't. Like I mean, it was like it was bullseye. a direct hit. Yeah, it was a direct, a direct hit. hit. And so I was like, I wonder what else is going on. So I started driving around the neighborhood and I was like, oh, my God, the trees that were down. Yeah. I didn't lose power for whatever reason, because we've got overhead power where I am. OK, it's not underground. And yeah. I think that's the, the issue. If you're in neighborhoods that have these overhead lines and overhead service. Yep. We never lost power. We had flicker, you know, just for a minute. I did. I think I did a flicker. Yep. Yeah. I turned my unit off because I knew it was about to happen. Yeah. So you you were ahead of the curve. You're <laughs> you know, smart. That's, a, You're I, smart. that's interesting. So if we have power surges, like in some of these storms, is it a good idea to just turn my unit off until it passes? I would. That's exactly what I did. You know, because I mean, when that thing's flickering, I mean, it's cutting that unit on and on off. On and off. Yeah. And when it does that, I mean, it will mess it up. So you know, I just whenever. Oh, excuse me. I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I used my phone. Use your phone to turn it off. Okay, yeah. So then you could do it when you're sitting on the beach. Right. Well, you yeah. see a thunderstorm coming through the neighborhood. I don't do the beach. Uh-huh. I'm scared of sharks. Man, my son right here next to me had a conversation about that last night. 
<laughs> I don't do sharks. You don't do sharks. <laughs> You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Pam Pipus, Ashley Certified Inspector with Inspect It Like a Girl, and Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. Also got the email open, T. Coleman. I see you just sent that email. We're going to get to that in one minute. But let's talk with Alice. Alice from Macomb is on the line. And uh, yes, good morning, Alice. Um, how are you doing today? Okay, I got a refrigerator, stove, and a freezer. When they make me go off, what's the best? Unplug them or turn them off? So I think she may be asking, should she unplug them or maybe go to the breaker and turn them off? Yeah. Well, she's saying refrigerator, stove, and a freezer. I'm not sure you would need to unplug those. Yeah, I wouldn't unplug. Uh, I mean, you know, it's still the same. I don't. I have never seen a freezer or refrigerator run backwards. You know, um, just air conditioned stuff. But you know, I, I would think you'd probably be okay. But if you wanted to be on the safe side, then maybe you know, turn it off or. You know, I wouldn't say unplug it, but you have that dial on there that you can turn. You know, for the colder, coldest, you know, setting, and maybe just turn it off. You know, if it made you feel more comfortable, but. You know, my, my main thing is probably just air condition, not necessarily um, refrigerators and stuff, because I've never seen anything happen to those. Well, and they run on a 110. It's not like mm-hmm. it's a, you know, your your air conditioner is pulling a lot. Yeah. So, and if your stove is off, it's not going to matter, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, if it's an electric stove. Yeah. So I don't know that I would do any of that, Alice. I think I would really concentrate on the air conditioning. Yep. That's some expensive... Yeah. I don't deal with it too much air conditioning. I hear y'all talking about unplugging or doing whatever. I don't like things confusing to me because I don't want to chop myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, electricity is a is is a fickle thing, and um, I think this is. I remember, you know, back when I was a youngster at my grandmother's house, whenever the storm would come, it was time to turn off everything and unplug everything. Those were her rules. Those were her rules, and that's just what we would do. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I've done. I do that with my. If there's a lightning storm, yeah, man, I will start unplugging my uh, my TV and my computers. You know, because when lightning strikes, it just we've got all these safeties now, mm-hmm. but surge protectors, yeah, surge like protectors, that. and all this kind of stuff. But lightning just goes where lightning wants to, so we think we're safe. But I think your grandmama was on to something. Yeah, I think she was too. So, yeah. Miss Alice, I think it's it's really up to you. But um, as long as what Timmy said, with if it's not the air conditioning, uh, then you're pretty much okay with your stove and your refrigerator and freezer. Yeah. Oh, oh, excuse me, baby. Yeah, Pam talking about that. I know, honey. I done got hit in the that was years ago. I got hit in the ear on the phone years ago in Milwaukee. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I bet that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I done been experienced with the lightning. Got hit in the ear, and then the lightning came from the top apartment down to the bottom right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. I'm telling you, it's something. I was reading that. I was reading an article about, you know, the, the group that got hit by lightning in Washington. They were like outside the, the Capitol in D.C. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah. there were four of them under the tree. Under the tree, yeah. And one girl uh, survived. Mm. And now she, it it's like it just blistered her nerves. So it's just it's just a miserable miserable well, you, thing. You know so. how they say that uh, lightning don't strike the same place. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So my neighbor is a tree guy. All right, of course, this is going to happen to him. <laughs> Two years ago, lightning hits tree. Boom. <laughs> Blows digging bark and everything everywhere. You know, I'm like, geez, man. So he's over here all upset. He's like, oh, I cut the tree down. He got 900 trees in his yard, but he don't want to cut none of them down. <laughs> Last year, same thing. Or, excuse me, this year. I think it was already this year. Was it last? Okay. Something like it hit the same spot. Boom. Blue bark all in my pool and everything <laughs> else, bro. And he finally cut that stupid thing down. I'm like, come on. Bro. That's a that's wow. a message. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that that's was, a yeah. message cut, right there. Cut I told tree. you once. So I'm, I'm going to tell you one I'm more tell time. You one more time. You don't want to see what happens on the third go round. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you calling Miss Alice uh, this morning, getting us started. Uh, we did have an email just come through. Timmy, this is uh, right for you because um, it's from Sophia. It says, hi, I'm getting Different opinions on replacing HVAC. Heater is okay, but 25 plus years. Oh, need to replace AC part due to Freon leak, and it has old Freon. Any ideas? Replace entire unit or just the AC? Well, some people are probably going to hate me for this, you know, AC guys or whatever, but like I said a while ago, in 2025, we're going to come out with a new refrigerant. You know, it's going to be an entirely different system. Um, once that happens, uh, you're going to be forced to change the entire system. You won't be able to buy just an outdoor unit, just an indoor cool, or just a furnace. You know, you're going to end up having to buy the entire thing, the whole thing. Yep. So, Miss, uh, what was uh, it's, uh, Sophia, Miss Sophia, um, in my opinion, you know, and this is what I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to hold off as long as I can and get Freon added to it as I can afford it. If I can't afford it and we have to change the unit out, it is what it is. But um, as far as uh, the new units coming up, try to hang on to what you have because once you go to the 410A is what we're, you know, people are on now versus the R22s, old stuff, um, the price is going to get driven up on it. So just say in four, five, six years, something happens and pops a leak. You know, the unit may be under warranty, but they're not going to warranty the Freon. So you're going to end up having to buy that $90 to $100 worth of a pound of Freon to replace it. So the new stuff they're coming out with, I ain't got a clue what it's going to cost. But um, I would imagine it's going to be a lot cheaper than the stuff they're phasing out and getting rid of. Yeah. Well, it's like with what they did with uh, Freon years ago. You know, when did all that change out? When they, they went to the 410? Yeah, they started, well, they actually started about 10 years ago, but it, it was full effect, I think, like six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So you had to get rid of R22, and, you know, they made loopholes in that thing, you know, saying, hey, we'll send you a dry charge unit that has no R22 in there, and then you can just blow the charge, pull the vacuum, and put R22 in it. But the R22 now, I mean, you're talking about 130 dollars a pound. Mm-hmm. Um, R uh, R410A, seventy bucks a pound. Um, I imagine once they phase it out, it's probably going to be up here close to where you know R22 is now. So, and if you've got a, this is what happened in my situation. If you've got a leak that can't be fixed, right? You know, so I had to go ahead and bite the bullet, yep. and I just put in a whole new system. Yep. But you got a good one, girl. I got a very good one. <laughs> we don't scrimp on things like that. I listen. I am very much you of got the, the opinion at the house. Well, I, you know, and I downsized. 
Yep. You did. He went four ten to three and a half. To three and a half. Yeah. And I was talking to my buddy the other day. He's he works for a local supplier here in town, and mm. he and I had this whole conversation about you know sizing. And I think with the new systems coming out in twenty five, they're going to almost require a load on it where you have to do the measurements because it is going to be extremely important yep. that you size those correctly. Girl, that ain't even the, it, I even got a little bit more. I'm, you got more stuff you need to talk about? Can I go ahead and do Oh, you are you going to dive? You going to deep dive real quick? Well, it's not going to be a deep one. It's going to be a, it's going to be just a little dive. <laughs> Come on, go in. All right. So <laughs> they're also going to put leak detectors in these units. Wow. Right? So every unit that you put in is going to have a leak detector in it. So whenever that happens, just say your unit pops a leak, small leak, tiny leak, you know, it doesn't matter. That thing finds a leak, cuts the unit off. It will not cut back on until it does not have a leak again. Wow. So now people are going to be forced. It ain't going to be no more just going out there shooting a little free yeah. eye. They're going to be forced to change a part. Mm-hmm. So it getting that's, smarter. That's, that's, just a little bit more deeper. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's getting very, very smart. Yep. That's a that, that's a lot. Let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. Um, hopefully, they helped you out, Sophia. Like she said, she's getting different opinions. Hang on, and, uh, and that one is from Timmy McClendon. <laughs> <laughs> that opinion. Let's go to uh, Wilson, uh, who wants to join the conversation this morning. Uh, good morning, Wilson. Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning. I'm calling from Golden, Mississippi. You guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's your uh, What's your question this morning? Well, I got, I got a couple. Of, the first one, I, new construction. Uh, I've got a whale that's done the project, uh, hand dug whale, uh, that holds, uh, 50 foot of water, uh, a 32 inch culvert, and it flows about 8 to 10 gallons per minute most. I'm looking at a geothermal system in this house and an open head net thing back into a separate whale. I keep saying anybody to test my water. Uh, so I'm, I'm, that's one question. What what are the actual requirements? I know it depends if you've got a cooper nickel or what kind of heating shank you've got. But, and, then, and then my second question is, what are you guys' thoughts on energy recovery? Energy recovery uh, uh, in the south, you know, like these energy recovery vehicles. I know we've got the heating, heating uh, recovery vehicles up north of our systems, but in the south, I think we use the ERG. So, the, uh, so I just kind of wanted to step back and listen to thoughts on that. My right, goodness, yeah, that's Wilson, a lot. You, you, load, you loaded a lot on us this morning. You did. But well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna try our best. We're gonna try our best. I'm pointing. I'm okay, pointing it, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. Keep listening, Wilson. Well, I, in my limited knowledge of the geothermal, is that they um, that's a closed system. So once you put the water in, it's closed. So I don't know that you would even need to use well water now. I'm way guessing on that. <laughs> way guessing on that. And then well, so it's not a bad idea, I don't think. But yeah, but, it's expensive. Yep. I mean, I, it's pricey. But I'm not a geothermal guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, if water pipe pops, you know, in the ground, excavate, fix leak, all yeah. this stuff. I mean, I'm. I have friends, I have a really good friend that has a geothermal system, and I have a particular house <laughs> that I've inspected four times that has geothermal, okay? The problems that you run into with geothermal, and actually Wilson's question is really good, because you do not want to put any type of a high mineral content water in that loop, because it will eat those lines up. And we had... 
those problems in this one particular house that I know of where the geothermal loops had become incredibly corroded. And so to fix that gets expensive. Now, my other friends who had theirs put in never had a problem. They've been in there 25 years. and it With this geothermal system. With the geothermal system. And they've run it in a pond that's close to the house. So they ran their loop. And for folks that don't know, geothermal is basically using ground or water temperature to help you heat and cool your house okay mm. it, it and so you run um how would i describe it's almost like taking a garden hose and running it into the bottom of the lake or running it through the ground and it's a it's a very high-tech complicated type of system Horribly. that runs on a simple idea yeah. Um, if it's installed right, I think you're golden. Yep. But finding somebody, <laughs> they ain't but one company I know that works on it. You know, I won't say their name, but you know, please but, let's help. Let's help Wilson out. AC Doctors. Yeah, yep, yeah. Gerald's it. Yep. Gerald's uh, the only one I know that does it. And, you know, also just kind of one more little deal. I mean, if you think about you know in in y'all's mind if. You put a water hose out there, and you leave it on, and it's sitting there baking in the sun, and you turn it on, you know, uh, it scalds you, and it makes it so hot, that's geothermal, basically. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you're just heating up water and cooling water. Right. And it was running, the system that I saw where they had a lot of problems was that it, their water heaters were hooked in as well. And there was... Yeah, and there were, they had big-time problems at, at some of those connections on that. We so, had domes on I had a place of water heater one time, and I walked up to it, and I looked, and I mean, it was like hoses everywhere. I was like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had, they had the, the, the hoses running around the roof, going through mm-hmm. water domes on the roof, mm-hmm. so the water would get... And this is on a circulate pump, so basically you're trying to heat the water up before it gets to the water heater, so the water heater doesn't have to work as hard. Well, yeah, and we've actually... I remember... We had a show one time, and a client called in who was doing that and having a lot of success with it. Um, but back to Wilson's, I, I think you could call, I, if it were me and I were looking at that well water and wanting to get it test, I would start with your local health department. Yes, the county department health, of health. Yes. Yeah. Or and the county. Yeah. Or county. You know, and this sounds like you're out in the country. So I would start there and ask them about testing that mineral content a very um, good idea to start with. No. Yeah, yeah, just to get it, you know, just to see. But, um, man, it's nice when you got a well. I, I think I've told this story before, but I did a an inspection for a, a, a camp, okay? It's a youth camp, all right? And um, they st- they're updating and doing some stuff. So I get this phone call, and they're doing a, um, a pool house. Okay. All right, pool house. And that swimming pool, I'm going to tell you, folks, it was bigger than two football fields. Wow. It was enormous. <laughs> And I'm I'm doing the pool house, and I'm looking at that pool, and they've emptied it, and they're redoing the plaster and all this kind of stuff. And and I'm thinking, wow, I, it's going to be expensive. To keep that to up. Add, keep, yeah. Oh, just to put the water back in. So I was talking to the guy who kind of runs this little place. I was like, man, I bet that's expensive. He goes, no, it's free. We got well water. Oh. Whoa, I'm looking at you like, man, what you talking about free? Free. <laughs> Ain't nothing free. Nothing free. Man. I know I guess. what it is. Well water is free. Well water is free in, in, in that instance. Um, let's go ahead and keep keep going on the phones. Uh, we have Mike and Tupelo, Andrew from Edwards. Um, let's talk with Mike. Good morning, Mike. You're on the, uh, you're on the line with Fix It 101. What's your question? Good morning, guys. 
Well, Timmy hit the nail on the head for a problem I've got right now. Uh, I have an apartment that's um, it's about 900 square feet. It's a rental unit, and uh, the air conditioning went out here recently. And uh, so I put a window unit in temporarily, one of the new style U-shaped ones. It's a Medea brand. Works pretty well, I think. Anyway, the the inside and out, the compressors, <clears throat> I'm out of Freon, and it's R22. And so my AC guy said, well, I can fill it up, and we can try and detect a leak, but the price of filling it up to find a leak um, is going to be really expensive, or we can just start, we can upgrade the compressor and the condenser on the inside <clears throat> and, you know, get you, you know, get you back up to speed with a, a modern unit. Now I'm hearing that in 2025, there's a whole other set of rules going to happen. Would I be better off, you know, putting in, you know, a, reason, a, a reasonably good one now that's probably going to last 10 years and probably longer than I'll own the property or wait until 2025 and kind of limp along um, and wait for a new unit, the new style, new stuff. Well, the the new style, new stuff is going to come with a new price. I can promise you that. So you can whatever he quoted you, you're probably going to end up spending more later. But I think in the long run, you're going to be better off. Um, and it's not necessarily that he can just put Freon in there and try to find a leak. We we do pressure tests uh, on units with nitrogen to find a leak. So right. quick story: the other day I had a you know unit that we put in three years ago. Um, I went out and done a five-hour pressure test, and it didn't budge on the line set and on the indoor evaporator cool. So that obviously told me that the leak was in the condenser outside. Um, put the, uh, the called up, you know, got the warranty done, got a new condenser put in, and as soon as I put the condenser in, I pressure tested again to make sure my welds, you know, were good. Obviously, the condenser cool brand new was probably going to be fine. And all of a sudden, the stinking thing just started falling. Uh-oh. You know, I'm like. What in the heck, you know? <laughs> so that we got the new stuff that we got now, we got valves inside of them. So I put my other set of gauges on there, you know, and cut the valves off, you know, on the unit to separate what I have from inside and outside. And my inside was just falling. Now, granted, I just did a five-hour pressure test on this thing a few days ago. It ain't dropped a lick, right? And then all of a sudden the indoor coil pops a leak while I'm sitting there working on the outdoor coil. So there are ways, you know, with that story, there, there there are ways that you can find the leak, and some leaks are repairable and some leaks aren't. If you have a, a copper coil, I mean, you can you can try. I mean, it's not easy to do, you know, because you can get it too hot, blow a hole through the thin copper, but you can try uh, to do something like that to try to hold you by. And granted, that R22, 407C, whatever they're going to use to put back in there, um, it's not going to be cheap, but it might buy you some time. If that helps you out, but okay. my personal opinion, well, I would saying be, that was, go ahead. You no, know, my my personal opinion, I would try to wait. I'm not doing. I'm I'm doing change outs. You know, because people got to have air conditioning. But if you can hold yourself off until then, I think you're going to be in a better spot. Because if you if you just say if you do it now, you know, um, <clears throat> outdoor unit in 10, 11 years, twelve years pops a leak, whatever you know, compressor dies. You're still going to have to buy the entire system, so it doesn't matter what you did preventative. You know, as far as the evaporator cool, you know, now you're looking at having to buy an entire system again. So, 
I would wait, and I hate saying that. I know there are AC guys out there probably like, man, you to quit that junk. You know, we can't. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's just the truth. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a literal thinker. I mean, like, do I want to spend this money now and spend more money later, or do I want to hold off and just try to spend my money later? You know, I put free on in my unit every year. Don't tell nobody. But, you know, it happens. You're trying to wait. <laughs> I'm trying to wait. You know, I got one in my shop that leaks, and I got one on my house that leaks. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, it, it sucks, but, I mean, I'm going to do what I think's best, and I think waiting is the best. But some people just can't wait because they got back and pressures. They got really, really big Freon leaks. So, you know, you have to you have to use your best judgment. But if, if, if you're yeah. like a two- or three-pound-a-year kind of guy, you know, that's not too terribly bad. You having to get it filled up two or three times a year like that, then that's bad. Yeah. So basically, you're saying, Timmy, spend a little now, spend more later, or spend more now and And spend spend more more later. later. That's all. There you go. Poor poor Pam Pipe is getting weight. I could wait. Hers, it was broke. It was broke. It was so broke. It was 15 years old, and I was just hoping I could get 30. (laughs) And it just wasn't going to happen. I hear hear, (laughs) it. This one's one's 20, so I'm probably not going to get 30. No. I've got some out there that grew up. Oh God! I mean, I mean, they're old. It's like the old whirlpool units. I mean, mm-hmm. they got the coils like that thick, and mm-hmm. it's only one little thing. It's got a fan blowing through it. I still wash them out all the time. Man. Like, I don't <laughs> Say, so how is this even possible? <laughs> or Bryant? Have you? Do you see Bryant's every now and then? Yeah. Man, I see them all yep. the time. They're yep. not. They don't make them anymore. But yep. yeah. Well, hopefully they helped right. you out, well, Mike. Thank you guys. Man, right, thank yeah, you. thank you. Good luck with AC. I'm sorry you're going through that, but uh, but yeah, try to hang on. Well, to his it. tenants going through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's it's going to be his money. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Right. You're listening to Fixing 101 here on MPB Think Radio. Java Chapman here with you on this Wednesday morning, or maybe it's a Saturday morning if you're listening to the rebroadcast. Thank you very much for that. Sitting here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspected Like a Girl, and Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. Um, um, Jeff Salmons from Houseworks. He's out this week, but we are helping as many people as we can, and we're going to try to add Andrew from Edwards to that list. Andrew from Edwards, appreciate you for calling Fix It 101. What's your question this morning? Uh, yes, I was going to ask. Uh, I was thinking about going geothermal. My my central unit's gone out, and uh, I was wondering about the water heater because sooner or later i got to change this water heater out. It's like 20 years old. Does the geothermal really give enough water to, like, be feasible, you know, to go for it or? You know, when I did the testing on, because we, we test water temp to make sure, you you know, your perfect temp on that anywhere from 116 to 120. So, and that they were getting pretty good hot water, even in the one, the house that they were having problems. Now, I don't have any personal experience with it. So, you know, I would check and see. You you must have very deep pockets because that ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But in the long run, like, what will y'all change, say it's going to change in uh, 2025? What's, what's, what's... Yeah, the, the Freon and the SEER ratings will change again in 2025. So, you know, we, okay. we went from R22, then the R410A, and now we're going to R454B and R32. So, um, like, uh, a tank water heater versus a uh, uh, oh what uh, tankless? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What, are what you gas or are you electric? Electric, all electric. 
Yeah, oh, you can't go tankless unless mm-hmm. you bring a propane tank in. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, you could go tankless, but yeah. every time you you uh, turn your water on, that meter is going to be going. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, they do not heat water. You know, if it's like a little tiny one, you know, you put under a sink, sink they scald you. Yeah, you know, yeah, but a whole house. Not going to work. I wouldn't even think about it. I was having this conversation with somebody. Um, I do believe, it, and I, I, I'm... Man, I hate it when I get on here and I don't have my my uh, Google in front of me. But I do think that Rheem has come mm. out with a super efficient electric water heater. Mm. Um, and I've actually seen one, and it looks like a rocket. <laughs> it's, it is high tech. Now, it's pricey. Is it tanker? It's a tank. Okay. Yeah, it's a tanked water heater. And supposedly, I, Jeff actually really swears by this. Now, he's probably out on the boat not listening to the show, but I have heard really, really good things about that particular water heater for folks who do not have access to gas. Right. I'll, I'll right. say this. The, the more efficient water heater that you buy usually the bigger and taller it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I see it all the time, you know, where you go in an attic and they got a, you know, a 50-inch water heater, you know, and they got a tuck right there by the joists mm-hmm. or the, the rafters coming mm-hmm. up. And uh, whenever you go back with a new one, you won't be able to put it back in that same spot because the new one's going to be a lot taller. You know, so you're going to have to relocate it and probably and run another vent out. Yeah, so, we call them like a low boy. Yeah. The, yeah. Those, oh. it, the little short, fat ones. Mm-hmm. Like okay, if like just, just say one of y'all had an all electric house and everything's twenty years old, would y'all go back with the, just the regular air conditioning unit, like you know conventional? I guess we call it. I'll go back with a heat pump. Yeah, heat pump. Yeah, heat pump's gonna be your best option, you know, as far as that goes. But you know, that may be what you have right now. I don't know, but usually when you see heat pump, you're gonna see emergency heat on your thermostat. Um, that okay. usually gives you a good indication whether you got a heat pump or not. But heat pump's gonna be more efficient than doing a regular. Um, straight cool, you know, with electric heat yeah. strips. Yeah, and okay. keep in mind too. And this was part of my conversation with my buddy the other day. When you come in with a newer unit, you really need to address. Um, and and this is what they mean by taking a load on the house. Which ways is your house facing? <coughs> what kind of windows do you have? How much insulation do you have in your attic? Yeah. Because if you come in and add a really I'm just going to use this term, a really good, good system, and you don't have mm-hmm. adequate insulation, you're going to start growing things on your ceiling because yep. it's going to be crazy. so have, cold in there. Nope. I have crazy good insulation. Do, do y'all know roughly what it costs to change out just a regular old house window? Like, it's a brick house. Ooh, that's a Jeff question. I'm not real sure okay. on changing I, I out. I'll back next week. Yeah. yeah, call back next week. Or you can actually go down to some of these big box stores and walk in. And, and Yeah, guys. and they will tell you about the window and the install. Now, Jeff's going to be talking about a bit, uh, like a higher-end window. And if that's something right. that you're interested, you could also call um, – like some of these window and door, Bowers windows and doors here in town. Window world. Window world. You know, yeah. some of these folks and start getting some estimates on that. Yeah. But um, what did I, you do? I didn't know if they had to tear out the sheetrock or what to get to the window. I didn't know how they do it. Yeah. Well, no, well, if it's a brick, most of them, and the reason why I know anything about this because me and my brother used to do it all the time. But um, basically, if you get like an old aluminum window or vinyl window, you can go in and crack that thing loose and take it out and cut the old fins off where they nailed it to the, the studs. 
and your new window it'll come uh with fins you cut the fins off of that all the way around pop the window in but you'll you know they'll be custom made at that point but you pop that thing in and take the the uh sliders out of the side and screw the window into the 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 studs and basically and you go back with you can use any kind of junk really but we always use some kind of i can't even remember the name of it it's like a really silicon it, well, talk- it wasn't silicon it was like a urethane oh, yeah i mean you could buy it colored you know and just go all the way oh you're talking about okay just for aesthetics yeah yeah and so just to, to seal it up real good but you know you definitely want to go with like a uh, argon filled low e window you know that's going to help out big time on the load of the house mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what she was referring to on a load while ago if you wanted to kind of search it a little bit it's called a manual j um you can look up manual j and it's this a Oh, Lord, it's a form. It's lots of math. <laughs> it's lots and lots of math. And that's the reason that I ended up downsizing in my house was because when I ran the load on it, I really, and I've, I've worked for years. I mean, my house was built in 1958, but I've worked for years to make it more energy efficient. You know, you're, once you become a home inspector and you know. <laughs> so I, and this is a conversation I was having with my neighbor the other day. I added awnings over my front windows that face west. I added insulation. I took the framing off my inside windows and foamed everything up and then put my trim back on. So I still have single pane windows. And then I came in with a film on my windows. Mm-hmm. And then this is the newest thing. And I noticed this the other day. I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, man, if I'm freezing. It's cold in here. Well, what happened was is after I had my AC put in, I had a new roof put on. Well, on my flat roof, I came in with that TPO, and it sealed that son of a gun up. And what it is, it's a rubber roof, and it's reflective. It's white. If y'all could see her eyeballs when she's talking about this, man. It's just she's, so exciting she's so to me. She's sealed up tight in there. Oh, it's like awesome. in a candy store right now. I talking know. About well, and I'm, I'm a nerd. I, I went up in. I got a 412 pitch. You know, you didn't want to go up in my attic. I couldn't Remember, fit. You couldn't fit up in there. Well, back in my earlier days, before I blew out my left knee walking across the driveway, I was climbing through the um, – I called my mama back when she, she was alive. Bless her heart. And she put up with me. My daddy wouldn't come. I called my mom. I said, can you come over here and just, like, call 911 if I fall through the ceiling? Because I'm up there with a can of spray foam, and I foamed up every hole I could find. This is before I put that insulation in. So I'm crawling through there, cussing like a sailor. And I took foam, and I foamed every register up. I foamed every light fixture up. Everywhere there's a wire or hole coming up through there, I sealed that son of a gun up. And so, and I've got a thermal camera, so there's no heat loss between my house and my attic. It is tight. And then I came in with cellulose uh, insulation, which is basically wet newspaper when they blow it in, and it packed everything in. I, I remember. We swept all of it up. I know, because they had to get up there to seal that new uh, plenum up. That plenum up, and I was like, "You better seal that. You know, I'm going up there to check that." Ain't no doubt, man. Y'all should have seen me. I was like, "Man, y'all better make sure y'all do this right, man." Because <laughs> she's watching. I've had people work on my house before, and they don't do it right. I was like, "Did you not see the car in the driveway? Do you not know who I?" <laughs> I do this. I do this for a living. I do this. My neighbor called and asked me about getting trees cut down. 
And she was like, how do you know all this? I was like, well, my family's been in the construction business for over 50 years. I know a few things. <laughs> Man, this is fun. This is fun. Uh, we, have, we have one last email. Hopefully it'll take us throughout the um, end of the show. It's kind of a kind of a funny one. Um, well, I don't know. I'll let you decide if it's funny or not. It's kind of for Timmy, but I'm pretty sure, Pam, you can help out too. Uh, T. Coleman, I have a 220, I want to say this correctly, 10,000 units. Is that correct? Probably a mini split, I'd imagine. Probably 12,000. Okay. It's a, uh, I have a 220, 10,000 unit. It's maybe about 9 or 10 years old and blows good cold air. When I turned it on, um, you can hear the compressor, but no air. So when I would, uh, so then I would just turn it off. Well, one day <laughs> I turned it on and everything worked, even the fan. After a while, same thing, uh, fan would not kick on. Uh, so I figured something. This is where it gets funny. When I turn the AC on, I have to hurry outside and use something to turn the fan clockwise and the fan will start. So this is the way <laughs> I had to get it on and it works. So I'm good with that. She, This person is good with turning on the fan and running outside and, and manually turning the fan. Must be t- sticking a stick down <laughs> in there. So I'm going I'm to let my son real quick just tell everybody what it is. Uh-oh. But yeah, the end of the email. But can you tell me what is about to go out? The clutch, if it has one, or the fan motor? And is it worth trying to fix or keeping it on the way it is? <laughs> that is a capacitor. There you go. That's a capacitor. You taught him well, I Tim. Did. I taught him something. Well. I taught him something, man. That dude hasn't changed out about 50 of them in the last weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if your fan doesn't... Come on. Yeah, that's usually what it is. Yeah. So, you know, you're uh, the capacitor. I try to explain to people it's kind of like a morning wake up coffee. You know, that thing is made just to get everything turning and it stays in the circuit for efficiency purposes also. So if you ever go out to your unit and that thing's like and just growling at you, you know, but the fan ain't spinning, uh-huh. you, you take a stick and you bump it, you know, it'll start spinning. You know? Okay. Nine times out of ten, that's always going to be a capacitor. You run into a bad fan motor every once in a while like that, you know, but nine times out of ten, it's going to be a capacitor. Capacitor, and that's an easy fix. I mm, mean, it's, it's, it's not hard. I notice it when I'm doing inspections. If the wire's on the outside of the fin, I know they put in a new capacitor. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. um, so those, you know, so dirty power, like what we've ran into with the storms, you know, yeah. stuff like that. A lot of flickering will kill a capacitor. Lizards are the worst. Wow. They will go in there and crawl on top of it. You know, and as long as they're on top of it, they're fine. But the very second they touch ground, they're gone. Yeah. You know, and it'll it'll ground that thing out and it'll blow a hole into it. I mean, Austin just changed one out this morning right before we got here. You know, I was like, it looked all right. Excuse me. What did he say? He's like, Dad, uh, Freon looks good, but that. That capacitor looks bad. (laughs) (laughs) And how much, I mean, to change out a capacitor, what is somebody looking at? I mean, it's not. uh, Yeah, my service calls are 100 bucks. I mean, I say you're doing 100 bucks if I come out there. Depending on what capacitor it is, it can cost you anywhere between 40 to about 100. Yeah, you're $200. Yep. Would you have that on the truck? Most of every time. Okay. Okay. I I keep them, you know, if, if if there's a weird one, 
you know, um, and I'll give you an example, like a 70 and 7.5 capacitor. Um, that's not something I'm going to keep on my truck, but I usually have something on my truck that I can make work. Mm-hmm. Um, those, you got really, really weird ones, you know, 70 and five is usually what it is. You know, almost every one of them run on like a five microfarad capacitor. See, and I don't have lizards outside because my cats bring them all inside. <laughs> Drop you off little presents. <laughs> yeah, that's why my capacitor works. So, T, uh, that's a capacitor, nothing major. Just get that um, <laughs> get that taken care of, and you won't have to run Paul outside. Austin, he can change it. You <laughs> won't have to run outside. That was Man. a rabbit trail, wasn't it? This is fun. Say, this has been fun. T must be in really good shape. That's a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi uh, Public Broadcasting. Stink Radio Fund by generous contributions from listeners like you. Um, our call screener today was Liz Gill. Our board operator was Abram Nanny. For Pam Pibus, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies, um, Java Chapman. Stay tuned for Wednesday's 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday, 9 a.m. for more Fixing 101. Heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.